Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8. Happy Valentine's Day and I agree with my colleagues over on Girlfriended. This can be a stressful holiday for those who are single and for those who are not. The pressure is on to make it a good lovey-dovey day with your precious other. And when you don't have a precious other, then just join me tomorrow at the grocery store shopping for half-priced chocolates and champagne. Into the freezer, all those red rat sweeties will go. Hello, Godiva. The verses I opened with are Paul's famous words on love. What it is. A most popular reading at weddings. My son chose it for his. When we base our love every day on these words, then we will build and keep strong friendships, marriages, and families. We will have a healthy work and everyday life too. So let's not put all our energies into the one day. Let's live the love every day. I had my children rewrite these verses in their own words when they were preteens, and here's what they came up with. Love has lots of time. It does not rush things or people. Love is soft, gentle, friendly, and sweet. Love is he to be me. Love does does not show off or only talk about itself. Love keeps quiet at what it is good at. Love gently corrects wrongdoings. Love does not call names or hit people. Love does not only think of me. Love is happy. Love will not stay angry forever. Love does not rejoice when someone gets in trouble. Love is real. Love can always be depended on to do what is right. Love never gives up on others. Love keeps going. Love is always there when you need it, even if you don't deserve it. Go to my site, The Sociable Homeschooler, and get the pictures that go with these words. They'll melt your hearts. Hello and welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny and I'm here to dispel the preconceived ideas many have 
about what educating our children at home looks like. For many, it's school. For me, it is my fulfillment as a wife and mother. I crafted a lifestyle that will leave me knowing without a doubt that I gave my all and am well pleased. Over the years, I've spoken to a wide range of mothers and fathers who not only place the responsibility of child-rearing above their highest joy, but have also found they don't have to venture far from the kitchen table in order to find wholeness within themselves. Although I have to admit, I have found some who do venture a long way away. Going against what everyone expects us to do in order to unleash the fount of happiness takes courage. You have to work at your own heart issues and find out how you can pursue your passions and live your dreams. God has equipped you with everything you need to live your life fully. It's all within. So listen up while I spout on about how I've jumped in and out of my box, gaining insights and delights along the way that I'm happy to share with you. This culture we call homeschooling is diverse. It embraces the learning that takes place outside the traditional education arena and inside all of us. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy and sometimes frustrating. But for me, it always starts and ends with God. The beauty of his creation, a smiling face, the rising moon, a rousing piece of music or a simple hug. I'll offer you a cup of Earl Grey to fortify this time together and a slice of Bakewell tart to tickle your taste buds and thank you for staying. But I understand you're on that side. I'm over here broadcasting this week from Dorts and Filmmaker Sons flat in Dallas, Texas. After the first break, I'll be talking to Tala Gunert, a homeschooling mother who started Homeschool Connections, a place where students meet each week for high quality academics with a special focus on high school level classes and college preparation. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNinnies, where we were always there for life-changing moments, encouraged our children to be creative, responsible and upstanding citizens, and learned the task remains a work in progress. Are you ready? As I said, I'm in Dallas again this week. We just don't seem to be able to stay away. Our children are the magnets. Dorts called me and said, come back to Dallas. I don't like being alone. I miss us being together. Then at the end of the conversation, she said, come back to Dallas. And then in the summer, we can move to London. My cowboy and I remembered the evenings we'd come home from work and push. She would come home from work from Starbucks and pushed through the door at 10.55 at night, knowing that we'd cooked her a meal and were waiting up to hear a lowdown of her day while she ate with us in our bedroom. Those were the times that she is hankering after at the moment. She has to do her own cooking, her own shopping and pay for her own gas. I know the stimulating conversation is lacking too, but I think the realisation of the cost of living is slowly coming home to her. My Texan and I are trying to how we can move closer to town. I suppose we'll have to eventually cave and rent us an apartment. I'm gradually coming round to the idea. Oh, I have many friends who rent over owning so they can, we can, so that they can focus on what they want to do without having to worry about the property they own. Since we've always owned our homes, the upkeep was always in our budget and I haven't given the absence of maintenance and repair costs much thought. I have to admit, I don't give housework much thought these days either, except for the odd wipe around the bathroom sink when we leave for the weekend. Without children, I find I can go weeks without anything moving or being mislaid. Also, I haven't thought much about taxes, except that we have ours to do soon. 
the ISD and city and property taxes don't have to be paid by renters. And that was something else I fought over without a second thought. You see, 29 years in one place, those habits that are difficult to shrug off. In fact, they're almost indiscernible as options of choice because home ownership has been a way of life for me for so long. My children have these tiny utility bills in their apartments, but they do have the living on top of one another, no garden, little or no privacy, noise from downstairs and from either side. And when something goes wrong, though, they just call maintenance or management and, hey, presto, the problem's taken care of, or it should be at no extra cost. I need to keep telling myself all, all the advantages renting has over owning so that I can talk myself into it. My friends say renting is a lifestyle and I'm in to lifestyles they can pick up and leave when they will they don't have a responsibility made of bricks and mortar they can enjoy someone else's responsibility let's face it you can't take anything with you and perhaps renting in another town or city a state or even in a different country would be fun let's do it what are your thoughts on renting versus owning and because Because we're not children, they call all the time. They even call town. We were staying with my best, best buddy the other week, the well-heeled stranger and her two playful Westies, when Dort's called, concerned about some doubts and worries she was having about her friends, her bosses at work, her siblings. Uh, we spoke for a while about the nausea in the pit of her stomach. She was saying the anger she was feeling about life wasn't healthy, and what could she do? Well, while she was talking, I was praying, give me the right words, Lord, give me the right words so that I can help her. We went over the usual solutions, journaling, talking, deep breathing. Then it occurred to me this may be about spiritual warfare she's been edging back to the church and bible reading ever since reconnecting with a friend she's known since she was about 16 i suppose they both went to the same youth retreats and staffed them when they were older Dort's moved on life got in the way and her friend continued i suggested that the enemy wasn't happy about her nudging back to the church and was putting lies about relationships in her head to keep her anxious and unsure of herself as a friend, employee and sister, all of which she's great at. I reminded her that anything from God brings feelings of peace, not a knot in the pit of your stomach. I asked her to think of when the anxiety had started and you know, the timing was just right. She took a deep breath and she said, oh, I'm so glad I called you. You're exactly right. And then she asked me what she should do. I suggested that she pray for those who are causing the anxiety about whom she was worried about. And I also suggested that she asked her brother to pray for her and told her that we would pray too. Acknowledge the warfare, I said. I sent her a Bible verse about how our earthly battle isn't with the people on earth, but against the spiritual powers of the heavenly realm. That's Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 13. I'm so blessed that the timing was perfect. She was open to my counseling, and I know she'll tell her brother, and perhaps between us, we can bring our relationships back to union. As a family, we enjoyed a close-knit community which is drifting a little with all of our own directions that we keep going but with positive words of encouragement and prayer I know we can all feel closer again it just takes a little work
I used to joke that I knew I was on the right track as a mentor and parent when disharmony entered our house. Perhaps life would be easier if I wasn't a Christian, I'd say. Heed this. Our lives will be fraught with obstacles when we do the Lord's bidding and seek to bring down the evil surrounding us. But the Lord is always there beside us and we can feel the joy when we recognize it. And on a different topic, until I spoke to my friend who was hiking, no, through hiking the Appalachian Trail starting in April, I really hadn't considered that I was simplifying my life, at least not consciously, more a means to an end than a carefully laid plan. It appears that quite without meaning to, I'm on the road to simplification. We go nowhere in our sleepy little existence, and I rotate three or four T-shirts and a jumper that will soon have to go because it's threadbare. It belongs to my mother, belonged to my mother, so I'm reluctant to relegate it to the dustbin and it's been washed so many times it bears no resemblance to the woolly my mother used to wear. With all my other belongings in a lock-up storage unit easily accessed but no knowing where anything is once inside, I can fit all I have in my closet into one suitcase. I'm happy to say I finally got travelling light down to a fine art and in the process have apparently embarked on the road to simplicity as far as what I tote around with me at least. And it's time to go on a break. I'll be back in just a few moments with my guest. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. 
Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I'm thrilled to have Tala Gunnert with me today. Tala has always been involved in education and entrepreneurship in one way or another and has come from a long line of people involved in both. Over the past 13 years, she created Homeschool Connections, a successful full-service educational program serving over 500 students each week at five campuses in southern Michigan. Nope, in Southeast Michigan. Tala earned her BS degree in elementary education at Liberty University, Lynchburg, Virginia. She has taught in public and private schools and later homeschooled her own children. Tala, welcome to my show. Yes, thank you. Sorry about that. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. That's all right. And um, everything going all right for you today? (laughs) Yes, very well. Thank you. Well, good, good. We may have a little bit of of a delay. Um, So, Tala, you've done a lot in your life, and I didn't actually go over all of that in my introduction of you, you, um, because I thought that perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what you've done and what brought you to homeschooling, because obviously every step you took led you down that path, whether you really were conscious of it or not. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Well, my family was always involved in education. My mother was a teacher. My grandparents were a teacher. And when I was a young girl, I decided to be a teacher because I taught my little brother how to read. Um, So whenever I went to school and became a teacher, it was just kind of the natural next thing. I taught piano lessons. I had taught Sunday school classes. But interestingly, once I got into the classroom, I found I really didn't like teaching as much as I thought I did. Mm Mm-hmm. So after teaching for a couple of years in the classroom, I ended up going and working for Liberty University and their School of Lifelong Learning as an academic advisor. And then after that, I had my children. And after having my children, getting them ready to go to school, they started in public school, and it just wasn't a good fit for them. We, um, and so when we moved to Michigan, um, they went to school. We met homeschoolers, kind of asked a lot of people about this homeschooling thing, but it wasn't until we moved to North Carolina that we started homeschooling. So when we moved to North Carolina, we found the community down there was very open and welcoming and very mentoring. And it was, oh, you homeschool, come with us, do what we do. And they just brought us into their community and taught us how to look at education very differently. And that that was the beginning of our homeschooling journey. So then how old were we children? moved. Good. Sorry. How, I was going to ask you how old your children were and how many you had. I have two girls, and they were they were in first. They were in second and fifth grade whenever we started homeschooling. Okay. So we lived in North Carolina for two years and found ourselves moving back to to Michigan, and we just thought, well, we're just going to come right back to Michigan. We know homeschoolers. We know the area, we're just going to fit right into that wonderful community of homeschoolers that they have everywhere, not realizing that homeschooling in Michigan was very, very different than homeschooling in North Carolina. 
we arrived here, unfortunately, the day before 9-11, so it was a very traumatic time for the community. Mm -hmm. um, and when we showed up, the, the, the welcome we got was, oh, you homeschool, well, that's nice, but we're busy, we're full, leave us alone. And so we tried to get into a couple of the homeschool groups that were in the area, but they just didn't quite, they just didn't quite meet our needs. They just didn't quite welcome us and do what we were looking for. So a year later, I, some friends of mine kept saying, well, you keep talking about what you had in North Carolina. I think, I think we would be, people here would be interested in that same kind of program. So we looked for someone to teach our kids biology. That was the main thing. I, didn't, I knew I could do a lot of the other things, but, but wanted to find someone to help us teach biology. And as I was looking for a biology teacher, I found a Spanish teacher that had her master's in bilingual education to teach Spanish. I found a, a lady that had published a novel had had her artwork on display in Paris and had acted in a Clint Eastwood movie to teach acting and art and writing. And a couple weeks before classes started, we had a microbiologist that decided to take his lunch break every other week and come teach our kids biology. Wow. So we just started with these fabulous teachers to teach our classes. And eventually they were like, well, we want more classes and more, and, and, and more ages. And that's kind of how we got started. All right, so you you did that because you were looking for enrichment, um, other people to sort of um, fill some of the gaps that perhaps you as a mom on your own weren't going to be able to do or didn't feel as though, you know, you were up to it or even wanted to do it. Um, did you, where did you find, did you find a facility? Did you just start off doing it in your own home? No, we, we started it off at the church. We we find that churches are empty during the day usually, and the church we were going to allowed us to come and use some of the classrooms, and that, that's where we got started. And that's where each of our campuses are now, is we find a church that is, wants to reach the community, because what this is is a wonderful opportunity to bring um, people who never would come into their building into their church and help them get comfortable in the building so that if they ever are looking for a church, they already know one that they are familiar with and comfortable with. So it's a win-win on each way. Mm -hmm. And these teachers, were they homeschooling parents themselves? Some were, but some weren't. The, the science teacher, the, the biologist, was a homeschooling dad. But many of our teachers, it's half and half. Sometimes they're homeschooling parents. But a lot of times they're not. We like to find people who are passionate about what they know and want to teach our kids. We like to find people who love teaching and love getting kids excited about learning to come teach our kids. And the difference between what we do and a typical co-op is that, is that I know whenever I taught at a co-op, I spent all week getting my classes ready and preparing for my lessons, and I think sometimes my kids got the short end because I was so busy getting these classes ready that I didn't necessarily have the time to, to teach them what they needed throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whenever we hire people to come in, they come in with their enthusiasm, they come in with their knowledge, they have time to prepare the lessons that maybe a, a mom at home might not. And do you, do you screen them? Do they have to be Christians? I mean, how do you do that? I, I, one of the things that we find here in Michigan, 
I grew up in a little town in Pennsylvania, and Baptist was the only right religion. Whenever I re- moved here to Michigan and realized that Christians come in lots of denominations and lots of, of different viewpoints, I, I have a hard time limiting and saying you have to be of this particular belief system as far as a Baptist or Lutheran or anything like that. So what I, I do, I ask about their church involvement. I want teachers that teach from a Christian worldview. They might go to a different church from me, but I want a church. I want to have it. We. I ask the teachers, what What is their worldview? Do they believe in God? Do they believe in the Bible? Do they live that way? Are they involved in their church? So we do screen them in that way. I don't ask them their tenets of faith. Um, and our program is a little different because we're not teaching Bible classes. Whenever they come and take classes with us, they are, for instance, if they're taking the tennis class, they're learning tennis. If they're taking Lego robotics, they're learning Lego robotics. If they're taking writing, they're learning writing. But in the classes that really matter, for instance, the science, whenever they come to a science class, we're going to talk about creationism. We'll explain what evolution is and other worldviews are, but they're going to have the lessons taught from a Christian worldview. And we found that that does some things. My daughter actually ended up going to the public school for a couple of her classes, and she took a civics class. I had a really hard time understanding what worldview the teacher was teaching from, so I was very uncomfortable with her in that class. But if I knew what the viewpoint was, then I knew what conversations to have at home. Mm -hmm. We welcome anybody to come take our classes. You don't have to be a a, a person of our faith to take our classes. But you'll know which viewpoint our classes are being taught from so that whenever you have those conversations at home, you know how to teach them your worldview. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I noticed when I was looking through the classes that you offered that for science you use the Apologia um, J. Weil book. And, I mean, he is, uh, you know, obviously there's there's, he teaches the science in – you know, from a creation viewpoint, but he also is, yeah. ex- I mean, it's, it's excellent. They're, they're, those are excellent books. So your teachers are, are teaching from that. But yes, I do agree with you. If you know the viewpoint, if you had a teacher that was, um, say, a Muslim, and they were teaching from that viewpoint, which might be all right, depending on the class, because our children do need to be exposed to other faiths, at home, right. we can, you know, sort of talk and, and encourage and, and um, what compare and discuss it if we know right. where the teacher is coming from. Yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah, exactly. And then there's a lot of classes that religion and faith don't really come up because if we're talking about engineering principles with Lego robotics or Lego um, or, or computer classes, then that we're learning those principles. But, but really, my belief is that any truth is God's truth. If we're teaching truth, we're teaching God's truth. Just because That's it right. doesn't happen to be talking about the Bible at that moment, if we're ta- teaching the truth of math, then we're teaching God's truth, because God is truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Tala, um, we have to go on a short break for about 90 seconds. There's just a few messages going. Um, I'm um, the Sociable Homeschooler on Toganet Radio. I'm Vivian McNenny, and I'm talking to Tala Gunnert, and we're talking about um, her homeschool connections, and we're going to be talking more in detail about exactly how that works when we get back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Chances are you didn't give birth to Einstein. So why are you trying to raise your child to be like him? Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, Woohoo Radio Network's parenting show dedicated to helping you release the myth of the perfect parent and discover the unique brilliance in your child and you. Tara and her panel of amazing, intelligent, and sometimes off-the-wall guests will share the tips, tools, trends, and techniques available that will help you stop raising Einstein and start relishing your role as a proud and present parent. Join her every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time for Stop Raising Einstein, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. I've been thinking about what you're describing as homeschool connections. You meet once a week, so there's not um, uh, the co- the classes aren't offered all week. Uh, do you meet on the same day at all your campuses? Yeah, at each campus, each campus has a particular day. For instance, on Monday, the kids that meet on Monday come back that following Monday to the same location and have their classes there. Each campus has similar classes, and some cl- and each campus also has unique classes that are just unique to that location, but depending on what teachers we find at each campus. Okay. And you, you say that you say it so as if teachers are really easy to come by. How are you doing that? Do you, do you advertise for teachers? Is it word of mouth? A lot of it's really word of mouth. I... <laughs> I find the teachers with who shows up 
a, a lot of times there's some classes that I want to have at each campus. For instance, biology and chemistry and writing. I want those at every campus because I know that's something that a lot of homeschoolers need help with. But then there's other classes, like I've got a professional sculptor who is teaching sculpting and art classes. He's only available certain days a week, so he teaches at those particular campuses. And then other campuses have other teachers that are available on those particular days. So I put the word out that we're looking for teachers, and, and they show up. I believe God brings them to me. He brings who, wants, who he wants to have in our program to come wow. teach with us. Wow. And you say that it's... You don't really describe it as a co-op. so No, I really me, don't because well, parents, parents are not required to stay. It is a drop-off program. They're welcome to stay if they want to, but they're not required to stay. Parents are not required to do any work. With a co-op, you teach something, I teach something. And the problem that we had with a co-op is you might be a great teacher and I just want, I just want my kids out of the house for a day. And so... With having, I also pay my teachers. So um, I negotiate a price. I pay the teachers. The people pay for their classes. And by doing that, I can have a certain level of quality that I might not be able to have when it's a co-op. If you're just volunteering your time, it's not going to be quite as easy to ask you to leave or not to teach for me. Mm-hmm. So, so our teachers are paid, and I pay them well. And if they're a good teacher, they stay. And if they're, if they're not a good teacher, then I ask them not to come back. Um, but parents, they're welcome to stay. They're welcome to stay and, and visit with each other and, and be part of it. They're welcome to help in the classroom if they want to, but they don't have to. And what's been really wonderful is that, you know, homeschooling is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job, just like mothering. And what this does is gives parents a day where they don't have to be on, on duty. They can come and sit and relax with other homeschool moms, or they can go out and do their grocery shopping. They can go out and get a massage. They can go out and work if they need to. Um, and it gives them that time where they, they um, get a little bit of a break. And um, So in the meantime, I can go over a little bit about what she's saying, that it isn't a co-op. It is more of a color... Are you there now? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I, I just had a really long blank spot, so I thought I'd better start talking here. You were saying that um, the teachers, um, you pay them, you negotiate a price, and that way, if they don't work out, then you know you can let them go. Whereas if they're volunteers, it's a little bit harder to do that. So you feel you have more control. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, so you have, you have these five hamsters. I was wondering, you know, a lot of cities have big arts oh, foundations and, you know, the, lots of artists around. Is, it, is, is there a place that you can go where there are, you know, a lot of those kinds of people who might be singers or actors or whatever and, and draw on them? You know, is there like a pool of um, artists, for example, that you can draw from? Well, we don't really have... I haven't really tapped into that area because we haven't needed to, okay. but um, but I think if you had a community that had that kind of resources, you could tap into that very easily and find people. You know, I find people who are passionate about what they do want to teach other kids. They want to teach other people what they know and what they love, and they want to be part of a community that helps um, others learn what they know. 
Yeah, I was going to ask, you're doing this in, in southeastern Michigan, but it doesn't mean that it can't be done in any state. How, Absolutely. How, and, and do you have, I looked on your website, and the, you, you really, um, it's specific to what you are doing. Could you give any, any pointers um, to my listeners as to how perhaps they could start doing something like this? Because you've been doing it for a long time now, and obviously the word is out, and <laughs> you know what you're doing. Yes, and I do, I am working with people to help mentor them and help them start programs like this. Um, you know, it just kind of started with, with a group of us working together. I did... I did do it as a business because what happened, I realized that um, when it stopped just being a little group of friends, that there, some, there became some liability issues. So I do have an attorney that I work with. I do have an insurance company I work with. I have an accountant that I work with because I want to make sure that I'm following the rules and doing everything uh, legally. Um, and I don't want to get in trouble and, and you know open myself to any liability issues. Um, but it's, it's just, to me, it's easy because I've always done it. Um, but I can help people get started. Um, basically, you find a teacher and you get a couple kids together and you, you um, offer to split the payments with them. Basically, it's how, how it works. On a grander scale, you get 10 teachers together and kind of split how much it's going to cost to pay them yeah. is basically what was done. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I was going to ask you how involved you are, and I think you've answered my question by, by our conversation, that you are very involved. Are both of your girls graduated? Have they graduated from homeschool? Yes. Both of my, well, both of my girls have graduated. My older one, once we started homeschooling, she wanted me to homeschool forever and never looked back. She, um, at 16, she started taking community college classes. Also, at 16, she got a job at my at the company my husband works at. And at 17, she got hired full-time, full salary, full benefits, making more than I did my first year teaching. So she's been fully employed since she was 17 for seven years now. Um, but she's also taking her college classes on the side. My younger daughter, she took a very different path. She homeschooled for a while and then public schooled for a while and then came back and homeschooled some and she ended up graduating from the public school. Um, she talks about her time in public school. She went with a homeschool mindset. She went because she knew she could learn there, and she got frustrated whenever she got in classes she couldn't learn at. Mm -hmm. um, and I kept on learning homeschool connections because, because I had the time and the energy and the know-how to do it. Um, it was a little bit difficult because I thought, here I'm running a homeschool group, and I'm not homeschooling anybody. But I realized that, that I had the time to do it, and so that's what I that's yeah. what I'm doing. A principal doesn't stop being a principal just because their kids graduate. No, that's right, that's right. And and you deal, you actually, I don't know how you say, collaborate or you're involved with. Um, is it a government um, funded source? Tell us about yeah. the source. So it's very interesting. Um, a couple of years ago, I. There's a long story how it came about, but here in Michigan, homeschoolers are allowed to take elective classes at the public school. For instance, when my daughter was homeschooling, she liked, she was part of the high school choir at our public school. So she could go to public school and take choir and art and some of the elective classes 
and keep a homeschool status. So a, a couple of years ago, a, a public school approached me about developing a program. Our classes are already up and running and very solid educationally. And so they were able to look at our classes as community resource classes and as electives. And so for people who sign up through the public school system, they can take our classes as electives and the school will fund them for them. They count as electives and it's a win-win because the school gets counted to count the student and gets funding for it and then they turn around and fund the classes for us. All right, so these are public school students coming into your classes? Not really, no. The public okay. school kids pretty much are in their, in their schools. These are homeschool students who are registering with the public school to be a part-time student and getting our classes paid for as a part-time student as their elective. Okay. So they're able to take these electives instead of going to the school, they're able to take the electives through the school at our oh. campus. Oh, okay. Now, is, are there any strings attached to that? They, the only strings attached to that is that they have to show up and do the count day requirements. So in Michigan, they've got the main count day and they've got four, for the four weeks after count day, they've got to stop in and check with um, a, an advisor, a, the public school advisor. There's a, a young lady that comes to our campus to meet with the students that are part of that program. So she meets them and, and they say hi, they sign in, and she just kind of, they just kind of check in with her. And that's really the only requirement. Now, that's because they're going part-time. If they were decided to go full-time, then there would be the requirements of making sure they take the right science and the right math, and they would have to take all of the testing that all of the public school kids would have to take as well. All right. And, oh, okay. So those are the only, and Source is specifically set up for that, just that. It also is a virtual academy through the school. It's the Madison Heights District School. Um, so there are some students that are full-time taking all virtual classes. There are some students who are taking their core classes virtually, and then they come and take our classes um, as their electives. Then there are some of the homeschool kids that are taking most of our classes, and then they might want to take their foreign language through a virtual class. They're able to take that through the source program and get that funded for free for them. Okay. Well, Carla, we have to go on another break. Can you come back for about five minutes for us to wrap up and you can tell my listeners where we can go to find Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah, all right. So I'm talking to Carla um, Gunnert, and we're going to be back in just a few moments to find out where you can find this fascinating woman and, and more about her homeschooling connections. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. 
Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love? A great family life? Or simply to be happy? If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks, and now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network, as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart of your success. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. You know, Tyler, I've been doing this for four years, and this is the first time I've heard of anything like... like well, thank you. That's quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, you know, do you know anybody else... I I really don't. I think our bottle's kind of a unique one. I know there's lots of co-ops out there, but like I said, it just didn't that didn't work for us. And I, I just created what worked for us, and it's helping a lot of people. Yes. I know. And that's one I of the know. things I really enjoy doing. I enjoy encouraging, helping people. And um, we've got our five campuses. In this area, I hope to have a few more because there's people that will drive up to 45 minutes to an hour to come to our classes. And I would like to to help create locations where people want them. So if there's a group of people that want a location someplace, let me know and I'll help them set that up. Wow. Now, um, Tyler, tell us some of the classes that you're offering because it's not just plain, ordinary writing, science. No. You, you have a really diverse um, we do. Classes. Tell us some of them. Well, we have our high school sciences. That's one of our core things. Our science, our biology, chemistry, physics, physical science, those things. We have writing and that kind of stuff. But, but we have fun with physics for our elementary kids. We've got 
uh, Lego engineering and Lego robotics. We've got a Minecraft class. Kids love Minecraft on the computer. And so what they're doing is researching an old building and building it in Minecraft and doing research and report writing along with the Minecraft. We've got things like tennis and conditioning at, for the churches that have gymnasiums. We've got, we do a variety from Shirley Grammar, where they're learning the grammar, and then we have, um, oh, I don't know, just sculpting where they're making jewelry. We've just got a huge variety of different classes. You can see all the lists of our classes on our website at www.mi, like Michigan, mihomeschoolconnections.com under class. Yeah, and I have that linked on my front page. So anybody that wants to go and look at that, go look at those range of classes. And Tyler, it's not just high schoolers, though. You do the whole range of we do. ages. We do. We, we, we service children from grades 1 through 12. We started with high school but realized there was a need for the younger kids. And we do our classes grouped by age groups. So we've got first through third together and fourth through sixth or seventh together. And the reason we do that is because you have – there's some third graders that are really ready to engage with a fourth grader, fifth grader in, in whatever topic they're really interested in. You've also sometimes got fourth graders that aren't reading so well, so they might need to be in a younger level class. So we do allow parents to meet, to choose the classes based on their kids' ability and interests rather than strictly by certain age groups or age grades. That's wonderful. And that, that's in keeping really with what you're doing at home. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, Tyler, I'm so glad our connection was Sandy Fowler from Hartfield Holidays. And I'm so glad she did that because she said, you know what, I remember somebody um, that I, when I was homeschooling. And I need, to, I need to find her name because she would be great on your show and great you are. Because really, this is, this is a whole new concept for me. And I'm going to email you the name of somebody because I wonder if you've met this, this particular person. But I will email her to you. And um, Paula, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for, for allowing me to be here, Vivian. I've really enjoyed our conversation, and I look forward to, to what's ahead for homeschoolers. It's really an exciting time to be in charge of our children's education. That's right. Well, I've been talking to Tala Gunert, the creator of Homeschool Connections in Michigan. I hope our conversation gave you some ideas about how to diversify your homeschool experiences and in so doing meet with other like-minded parents, students, and wonderful teachers. Over the years, Tyler has been a teacher, university academic advisor, administrator, multi-sale, she's taught piano, guitar, sewing, um, she's a real estate investor, just all those hats, you name it, she's pretty pretty well done it, you know, finger in every pie. And you can find her on my website. I have a, have a, a link to her site. And um, thank you once again, Tala. And have, you just have a wonderful weekend. And thank you so much for helping people figure out how to best educate their children and prepare them for the rest of their lives. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Gosh, that does sound like a fun set of classes, doesn't it, for your children? Homeschool Connections specializes, as, as you heard Tala say, in high-quality academics for 
all grades across the board with special focus on high school level and preparation for college. And the, ra the, the classes range from digital movie making, outdoor survival skills, sculpting, tennis, robotics, Shakespeare, research papers, physics. And I've always loved how homeschoolers can be so creative. You get a group of us together and we'll share curriculum stories, what works, where the children are in their, in their um, learning, uh, what they're interested in, the methods they use, and none of our stories will be the same. We all go our own way, we choose our own guiding system and work within our own family parameters to provide the very best for our children. And I had several forays into co-oping, never anything quite like Carla's group. Uh, they were just small groups where we shared our talents with other families. And the closest I came to a larger scale operation was when my oldest needed chemistry and physics to fulfill his science requirements for a career in engineering. He wanted to be an astronaut. And I told him, well, the sky's the limit. And he took me at my word, obviously. He was my oldest, as I mentioned, and I wasn't a science buff myself. I prefer the arts, literature, writing, Latin, all the classics. And science does fall into a classical curriculum, but it really wasn't my forte. Or so I thought. My well-heeled stranger mentor told me that there was nothing she couldn't teach. All she needed was a good instruction manual or a textbook or a video, and she could always stay one step ahead of her students. I wasn't that comfortable with my abilities to learn advanced science. I was already struggling with algebra too and thought oh, it would benefit my son if he had a teacher who knew his stuff so that he didn't have to wait around for me to figure the solution out before teaching the formula or the concept. Um, I had this idea that a question needs to be answered immediately and with authority. And this was just the early years of my homeschooling, mind you. After a few semesters at the science co-op, I learned enough to teach the chemistry and eventually the physics when they came around again and found that homeschooling isn't only about educating our children. It's all about educating myself. And I had such a lot of fun and I really enjoyed getting brainier by the child. And when we started homeschooling, we had to bid farewell as most families do to an income. And in order to work within our budgets and do what we wanted to do, sacrifices had to be made. What did you give up as a family? Did you downsize to a smaller home? Did you take vacations within your state or in your backyard? Did you spend more time cooking at home? I suppose for each of us, the sacrifices were different. Ours became a lifestyle that we lived by, and the children at times thought we were crazy. Today, they've changed crazy to calling us teenagers because we're enjoying simple pleasures, living without ties or responsibility, and we love our phones. They're our lifelines now that we know how to work them really well. One quirk that characterized our household was our unused dishwasher. Never having had one in England, as newlyweds, we soon realized we didn't have enough crockery to be able to use a dishwasher. With only the two of us, it would have taken weeks to adequately fill the contraption. I happily washed by hand and sometimes rinsed. We don't rinse our, our um, dishes in England either. We dried and put away the same few plates day after day, and weeks stretched to months to years until the six of us. Um, we still didn't have enough crockery. And... Um, so, well, except when we had maybe a dinner party, we toyed with the idea of, of breaking out the dishwasher, but you know, it leaked. It really did. It just never drained properly. So we chose to just 
suck it up and and do our own um, dishwashing, which which apparently um, people that simplify do all the time. Another thing we did was we chose to wear sweaters in the winter instead of putting on the heat. Don't get me wrong, the heat did go on first thing in the morning and again after lunch. It was never on at night. That's what feathered duvets and blankets are for. And in recent years, with packing up and moving to England, I, for one, have had to cut down on my wardrobe, which is a blessing for me. Not that I'm um, an addict at clothes shopping. I enjoy good clothes, but I do tend towards the thrift and secondhand shops, which is a fabulous way of recycling gently used clothes. And I love shopping for bars with designer labels. In our family, we always looked for reasonably priced clothes. Uh, and um, I believe I taught my children to value quality and money. Uh, they still buy cheap clothing if they want something that's really, really fashionable. They toddle off to um, the closest chain. But, you know, if you want something to last now that they're not growing out of their clothes so quickly, it's better to pay just a little bit more money. As I said earlier, with most of our belongings in storage, my cowboy and I just tend to rotate the same clothes every day. And judging by hand washing dishes and keeping the heat off and preferring thrift shops, I'm definitely on the road to further simplification without even knowing it. To me, it's just mindful living, being a good steward of what I have. Check back when I break open my storage unit, when we're ready to settle and rediscover the things we considered treasures a year or more ago. I think I'll be surprised. <laughs> Something else I do is the Spartan brisk in me. I try to do without. Do you do that? I limit myself to ice cream once a week, for example. Well, I seem to have gone off the frozen delectable since sharing a kitchen, and we've had some freezing cold weather. The last thing I want is something cold. And I eat a slice of cake or a biscuit or two in the middle of the week with a cuppa. I stay away from heavy meals except at weekends. We go out for special occasions only. I avoid shopping unless I'm looking for something specific. I mean, it's easier to stay out of the, out of the stores. You save money by doing that. I try to tell my children that. I feel it teaches me the lost art of discipline in this instant gratification world. But that's a whole new show, and it's time for me to go for another week. I'm astounded at how the hour flies. Thoughts is providing us a delicious lunch as I speak. Um, hopefully the cold will give way to some lovely warm weather. Thank you for listening to me. I'll be back the same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight. Our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Tokenet Radio, my producer Sabrina, my guest Harla Gunner, and you, my faithful listeners. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for the Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNeil.